Good morning. We're carrying on our spiritual disciplines series this morning. And we're talking this morning about the memorization and meditation of Scripture. This morning, we're going to look at the biblical foundations for both of these disciplines. And then we're going to explore a bit at the end how we can go about doing these things. But to start with, I want to start with a clip from The Lord of the Rings, one of the best films, clearly, of all time. Now, in this clip, the protagonist Frodo Baggins has been on this, we'll just wait, uh, has been on this journey and he's lost all his companions and he finds himself lost in this deep dark cave being chased by this giant spider called Shelob. Now, obviously, you can't take that metaphor too closely, but the reason I show that clip is Frodo had buried, if you look earlier in the film, a gift that he had received from the elf. And along with that, words that, when he was in that situation, would activate that light. And in a similar way, when we are memorising scripture, what we are doing is we're burying within us parts of scripture and the words of God, that when we are in difficult situations, we can bring out and can be light into the dark situations around us. And so I just wanted to start with that comparison as we began. One of the clear places we see the memorization of Scripture talked about is in Deuteronomy 11, from verse 18 to verse 21. And this passage actually repeats almost verbatim a passage found in Deuteronomy 6. And in Deuteronomy, it's this incredible book, which is basically this great preach Moses gives to the Israelites just about as they're about to enter the promised land. And it's essentially his final words to them of what they should do and what they should follow if they're to be successful in the promised land as they enter. And within the book we find these words from verse 18. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. So the passage starts with telling the Israelites the importance of them burying the words of God in their hearts. But then it seems to get a bit confusing. It says you should bind these words on your foreheads and write them on your doorposts. And what on earth is this going about? Are we to walk around church with Sharpie pens writing John 3.16 on each other's foreheads? Well, there's different ways this passage is understood. Some scholars think this was Moses demonstrating the severity to which they were meant to remember scriptures. But many Jews actually also took these practices literally. And actually, on the left is, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but they're called phylacteries, which are little boxes that in response to these scriptures many Jews would wear, in which they would place scriptures so that wherever they walked, scripture would literally be upon them. And then on the right you have what's called mezuzahs, which are these little things you see at the sides of Jewish houses, 
where whenever you enter a house, there's this little box in which contains the word of God. And it was a way of the people of Israel demonstrating their commitment to God, but also a way of actually internalizing the word of God itself. Because so often, what actually we do physically affects that which we remember. And actually, if you want a practical tip for how best to remember scripture in a long term, maybe more than a week, one of the best practical tips I found is actually put scripture around places physically that you will continue to see it. Because then you continue to read it again and again, continue to reflect upon it. And it goes within your heart. And actually, a fun story just to demonstrate this point is my last day in school, we decided we'd play a little prank. And so we printed off 400 pictures of my friend's face. And we just thought we'd plaster these pictures all over the school. We put them on the, in books, on the walls, just everywhere we could think. Or the photocopier, so that it would just photocopy his face. But this friend that no one knew about suddenly became known about by the entire school. And years later, everyone remembers this person simply because they saw his face all over school on that one day. And actually, that's a little fun story, but it actually demonstrates the actual fact that what we see does influence what we remember. How often do we remember billboard signs more than we remember scripture? Because we're so more often seeing those billboard signs. But getting back to the passage, one of the things that's great about this passage is at the end of the passage, we see that the Israelites are told that the reason for them remembering scripture is so that they will remember the ways of God and in doing so will receive the blessings that God has for them in the promised land. And we see this played out across scripture. In the times of Israel's history where these practices were put into practice, the memorization, the recitation of scripture, we see the people of Israel flourish. For example, the time of Joshua, or the time of the King Josiah, who implemented great reforms, and the people flourished once again. But whenever the Israelites stopped doing these practices, they quickly forgot the word of God, and as a result, quickly wandered off. Now, of course, we know from Jesus, who attacked the Pharisees for remembering Scripture, but for not implementing it in our hearts, that the memorization of scripture is only going to be beneficial if it's also coupled with our fact that we live it out. But I can guarantee you one thing, you will find it almost impossible, regardless of what else you do, to follow the ways of God if you can't remember what the ways of God are. And actually, in the life of Jesus, we see this combination so beautifully demonstrated. There's a passage in Matthew 4 where Jesus is in the desert for 40 days and he's tempted by Satan. It's a well-known passage, but the way that Jesus is able to not wander off, the way that he is able to follow continually the way that God has assigned for him, is he remembers the scriptures that he was given. 
and he's able to fall back on those in his moment of darkness. Just like Frodo was able to remember the light that he had been given and the words that were needed. Of course, that's not scripture, but the point is similar. When we're in those dark places, let it be scripture that we have in our heart that we can fall back on. So that is the scriptural basis for the first of the two disciplines. But what about the scriptural basis for the meditation of scripture? And to look at this, I want us to look at Psalm 119 from verses 9 to verse 16, if you open your Bibles there. Psalm 119 is this beautiful psalm which is all about praise for the word of God. And it's beautifully linguistically constructed with every single stanza, all the lines, beginning with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So this is the bet stanza, which means that every line in Hebrew begins with the letter bet in Hebrew. And throughout this passage, there's all these different lessons that we can see about the word of God. And it comes to the conclusion in verse 15 and 16. But I'll just go quickly through some of the things I'll read it first. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statute as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And here in this psalm, it's packed full of important lessons about what it looks like to follow the word of God. Verse 9, which says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? Reminds us that it is through the word of God that we are able to live according to God's ways. We're able to live a pure life. Verse 10, which says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Shows us that although it is us that pursues God, Our pursuit of God through the word is only going to make a difference if we allow room for God to speak back to us through his spirit. It is God who also has to play a role in allowing the scripture to transform us. Verse 11, that I have hidden your word in my heart, reminds us that the scripture is given to transform our hearts, not just our minds. Our scriptural practices should reflect that. They shouldn't just be about gaining more information. They should be done in such a way that our hearts are transformed. Verse 12, which says, Praise to you, O Lord, teach me your decrees. Reminds us that scripture is meant to be an act of worship. It's not just an act of intellectual gratification. We should be reading scripture, processing scripture in such a way that it should be part of our very own worship back to God. Verse 13, when it says, with my lips I recount, is a reminder that the word of God should be so buried deep within us 
that it should come out naturally when we speak to others. The things we talk to others about are the things that we love. Let us be so in love with Scripture that it is that which we naturally talk about. And verse 14 is this beautiful verse. I rejoice in following your statutes one rejoices in great riches. Where we're reminded that the price of Scripture is so valuable that it should be more than any riches this world could contain. But all those lessons, and they're packed full, I went through them very quickly there, in this psalm, are all then summarised in these final two verses where it goes back where the psalmist speaks for himself. And he finishes by saying, essentially as a result of all of this, I meditate on your precepts. As a result of all these benefits, as a result because Scripture keeps us pure, because Scripture is worth more than any rich this world could have, that is why I will meditate on your precepts and I delight in your decrees. It's something that we should be part of us. Scripture is so valuable, it is God's own revelation to us. That it should be something we have and spend time meditating in. Just one final thing to say about this passage. Is I find it fascinating that it begins, right at the beginning of verse 9, with how can a young person stay on the path? And it's probably that the psalmist is talking about themselves here, because in verse 15 and 16 they use I. So they were probably a young person. But I think it's a reminder as well that we should never wait before choosing to meditate on the Word of God. There's no point waiting until we're old. There's no point waiting till next month. There's no point waiting till next week. This is something so valuable that is worth doing. We should do it as soon as we possibly can. So that is the scriptural basis for how, for the reasons for memorizing and meditating scripture. But what does that actually look like? How do we actually go about doing that in our actual life? Well, thankfully, when we look at church history, we see that actually there's quite an established way on which the meditation of Scripture often took place. And there's four steps that often, were often used throughout church history to meditate on Scripture. The first of these is called Lectio, which is reading the text carefully and understanding the text. So this is similar to kind of what we've just done with Psalm 119. It's what, as evangelical Christians, we love doing and we tend to be so good at. Trying to understand the meaning of the text. What is the text saying to us? What are all the details? How does it fit within the broader passage of Scripture? And it's important to do because if we don't start from there, we'll go off track and we'll use Scripture wrongly. But often in church history, it was only the first of four ways that the texts were actually used in meditation. The second is meditato, which is the process of reflecting and pondering on the text. Imagining yourself in the text. Imagining the imagery of the text. 
allowing the metaphors of the text to come alive, allowing them to be metaphors, imagining the feelings that the different characters were experiencing in the passage, or imagining how Paul or the psalmist was writing as they wrote the scripture. Then there's oratio, which is we pray through the text. And what I loved is we actually did this, this morning when the last song we sang was based on Psalm 23. And actually we were using Psalm 23 as worship back to God. But this can be done for all texts, either as a response praying based on the text that we've received, or often with the Psalms, using them as our own prayers. Whether we're, maybe we're angry against God, we can use a lament psalm where David, for example, is expressing his frustration against God to express our own frustration when we don't have the words or when we're feeling joyful towards God. We can use those psalms as prayers back to God. I know for myself that I found this process really helpful when at LST we did 40 days of prayer. And we were a community smaller than the amount of people probably here in terms of resident students. So to get the 40 days of non-stop prayer going, we were all having to do quite a lot of prayer shifts. And quite suddenly I found that my normal ways of doing prayer weren't quite... I kind of, after a few hours, it kind of becomes difficult to just keep doing the ways I'd become used to. And so I found actually praying the Psalms was a really helpful way because in the Psalms are the words contained for us to pray when we forget often what not to pray or we don't know how to process our emotions before God. The last process of this is contemplatio, which is the process of resting and reflecting back upon the scripture. Resting in the scripture and allowing yourself just to rest in its emotions, but also as the day goes on, reflecting back upon what you have read. So that it's not just a one-time activity, uh, reading the scripture, meditating on it, but it continues to be a part of your daily rhythm, continues to transform the way you live. As you ponder how the text you have read should transform the way that you are living. And actually now we're going to go through this with Psalm 119. Oh, yeah, here's a quote uh, which sums up this process. I think it's brilliant. Reading without meditation is sterile. Meditation without reading is prone to error. Prayer without meditation is lukewarm. Meditation without prayer is barren. And prayer with devotion achieves contemplation. This is just an, it's one of the ancient medieval uh, church fathers actually reflecting on his life of how important it is that all of these ways of reflecting and meditating on the biblical text come together. So we're going to practice this on Psalm 119 now. We've kind of already done the process of Lectio as I went very quickly through the meaning of the text. So we'll start with Meditatio. And as I read the text again, allow the metaphors to rush through you. Place yourself in the psalmist. Imagine 
that you're the psalmist. Imagine what his day would look like. Imagine why he is writing this. Who is it that he's recounting the psalm to? Perhaps it would help if you close your eyes as I read the text and you ponder those questions. And after I finish reading, I'm just going to leave a bit of silence as well for that reflection to take place. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes. As one rejoices in great riches, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Okay, I'm going to, sorry, it's a bit quick today. But the next stage is oratio. And so now let's pray through the text together. Speak it out as though you yourself, use it as a prayer to you yourself. Declare this before God. And let's read the text together now, starting in verse 9, praying to God. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And finally, we'll do complatia. I'll read it again, and this time rest in the text and reflect on what the text may be meaning to you today. Is there anything different you can do as a response to this text? As I read it once more. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord, teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statute, 
as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. And now finally, as you go through the day, make space, reflect back on this passage later in the day. Reflect back on the metaphors and the images you saw during Medato. Reflect back on what you learned during the Lectio process. Come back and reflect on this passage as you move about the rest of your day. And finally, as I end, I just want to leave you with some resources as well for how you can make this, I guess, part of your daily rhythm. One brilliant resource I found is a book called Common Prayer, which is actually, it's a liturgy book. If you want to understand what liturgy is about, go to Matt's talk on Saturday about prayer. But essentially it has short pieces of liturgy you can use to pray to begin your day. But also it's got very short passages uh, for each day that you can use to meditate on and reflect on. And they're very short passages. Uh, they're kind of the key passages from Scripture, a short passage from the Psalms, a short passage from the New Testament, and a short passage from the Old Testament, just to begin your day with. The other one is, if perhaps you want to read not just short passages, but a lot of Scripture, I would really recommend the Read Scripture app, uh, which covers the whole Bible and it has videos as well for processing what you're reading and for explaining really well and really simply the scripture. But what I would encourage you with this is if you're going to use this app, it's brilliant, but you'll be reading a fair bit of scripture, so choose a bit each day that you're really going to meditate on. That's going to be your focus for each day on what you're going to allow to not just read, but speak through you as you continue to move about this day. So I'm going to finish there and pray for us. But yeah, I really want to encourage you to put these practices into your life because through them we can allow God to speak to us, allow his spirit to transform us as we encounter his word in fresh ways. So Lord, I thank you that you gave your word to us to reveal who you were to us. I thank you, Lord, that it was not, you were not satisfied in leaving us as we were, so you sent your word to guide us in our journey to become more like you. And Lord, I thank you that there are so many different ways that we can meditate and memorize your scripture to allow it to transform our lives. And so, Father, I pray that you would help all of us as we go about using your scripture, learning it and meditating on it, that you would work by your spirit to transform us as we do so. That as we do so, we would become more like your own son. And we would see this world changed as you change us. Amen.